Welcome one and all to the Film Harmonic with your hosts Noah East and Andy Ferguson. We are so very glad you decided to join us as we discuss and dissect films both current and bygone as well as a little music from time to time and maybe a smattering of baseball here and there now that the season has officially begun. You can find the Film Harmonic Podcast on Apple Podcasts, where we encourage you to leave us a review and a pleasant rating, just like listener Jess Husick, who writes, New movies, old movies, and random gems. Five stars. Andy and Noah love movies, and it shows. They give thoughtful, non-boring reviews on stuff that's new, childhood favorites, a lot in between. This is a really good respite from the depression of true crime podcast binging. Five bagger. Thank you for that, Jess. It means a ton. You can find the Film Harmonic on Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Alexa, Stitcher, Buzzsprout, and SoundCloud. And you can send review requests for the Throwback Challenge to thefilmharmonic at gmail.com. Our show is divided into segments. The first being new or newish films released recently. Typically something within its first two weeks of premiering. The second part of the show is reserved for one of our signature segments, Five Good Questions, where we interrogate one another about a new film only one of us has seen, or Pick Six, where we each reveal our personal top six films within a category of our choosing. Like Best Fictional Presidents or Sassiest Performances by Judi Dench, whatever we want. And the last segment of each show will be something we like to call the Throwback Challenge, where we challenge one another to watch a good to great film each one of us has never seen. It's also a fun way to re-examine our original thoughts on films we loved in the past, to see if they hold up, or if we were flat out insane for holding them to higher regard in the first place. Now, today's show is going to be a bit of a low-key one. Um, we're, we're skipping out on Dumbo and Shazam due to personal biases that we hold against superhero films and Tim Burton in general. So today's show will lead with Harmony Corinne's much-talked-about new film, The Beach Bum, starring Matthew McConaughey and a bunch of other clowns. And then we'll get to the new Netflix film of the week, Unicorn Store. Directed by and starring Brie Larson. Plus, we have a fun pick six today. We're each going to break down our most top six most anticipated films of the spring. Which leads us into the throwback challenge to close out the show. In which we've got a bit of a programming note. Legendary French New Wave feminist director Agnes Varda died earlier this week. So we decided to push back the challenges from the last episode. And we each chose a Varda film we've never seen and paid our respects. So... Noah watched 1962's Cleo from 5 to 7, and I took on 1985's Vagabond. But first, Andy, it appears Will Ferrell and Adam McKay have broken up as a producing partners. Is this stylistic differences, or is Ferrell just pissed McKay didn't cast him as George W. Bush in Vice? Does he feel that Sam Rockwell stole his hard-earned Oscar nomination? <laughs> So, as previously mentioned, we took a hard pass on Dumbo and Shazam this week. Let's briefly let the listeners know our thought process on that decision. Well, which is funny because it's like the two big films of the week, and we're skipping them. But like, I just I, I don't have it in me to pay money to go see Shazam in the theater, and no. Tim Burton hasn't been good in quite a while, and I'm definitely not gonna. I can't remember sit the last that. time I paid money to go see a new Tim Burton movie. Can you? Yeah. I, I, um. I can't remember. I it, don't. it might have been Sweeney Todd, even. And even that, I saw it way later on. Yeah. Um, and that's been forever ago, it seems like. And Shazam, I know very little about. Um, it might be fun. I don't know. I mean, it looks like it, it's getting good reviews. I, really I'm going to... Talk to a, I'll see it eventually. But, um, sure. I just... You know what? For those two films, you can, you can easily find people better than us to tell you their opinion on this. So. Yeah, I don't know how much I'd have to say about Shazam for you all to listen to. Yeah. DC in general. Yeah. So, uh, well, well, so our first film of the show has been heavily discussed and much maligned this week, both by critics and by box office numbers, but I'm sure our listeners are waiting patiently and reserving judgment until they hear what we think of Harmony Korine's newest mind warp, The Beach Bum. The Beach Bum. So, I've been looking forward to this conversation, Andy, all week, mm-hmm. um, to I. see what you thought of everything there is to unpack about the beach bum. Uh. Um, so we we both saw it within a couple days of one another. We did, yes, yes, um, midweek. Again, week, we've been re- we've been really good about not 
sharing our thoughts with one another throughout the week. But we've been waiting a while to have this conversation. This one so. was particularly hard for me not to talk to you about because we even had a phone call conversation and I almost just divulged a few <laughs> things and I really, really, I really wanted to, but I made sure I appreciate I held it back yeah. uh, because there's a lot to talk about here. Even though you could argue there's not a lot to talk about at the same time. Where do you want to start? Where do you start here? Do you um, start with McConaughey or what? I guess I would start with, I guess, combination of McConaughey and how long it's been since, you know, the director has released something since Spring Breakers. It's been a while, right? Um, at least five years, I want to say. About five years. And Vice put a lot of money into getting this movie out there. This is the first time you've seen a Harmony Korine movie really available. Yeah, big time, with a wide release. Because even Spring Breakers did not get an initial like big push because no one really cared much about it until it started getting very good reviews. Mm-hmm. And then it got expanded a little bit more, but by the time it was out of theaters, that's when people really started hearing about it. Yeah, as far as initial launch, this is definitely his biggest thing yet. And it's weird because it comes at the kind of tail end of the McConaissance, if you want to call it that. People don't necessarily seem to care as much right now about the actor. Yeah, because he's had quite a quite a few swings and misses mm-hmm. lately as well. There was an article in the Washington Post. I read the entire thing, which I don't usually do. <laughs> and it was about well, what the hell's going on with Matthew McConaughey, you know, his last few films, Gold and, oh, yeah. and oh. Serenity and, and a couple others ha- have been both critical and box office flops. So, um, and this has been mostly both a critical and box office flop as well. Um, and he just, he's not in the favor of the public um, much near what he was before. No, like say five years back, rewind a little bit. Yeah. He was... He couldn't miss. Talked about more than almost any actor. It was yeah. amazing. Especially when he was winning all the Golden Globes and the Emmys and, the, mm-hmm. and he even got the Oscar. Uh, you know, yeah, he was on Myers, one yeah. hell of a run. Yeah, and this role would seem... You could kind of see this role as sort of a return to uh i don't want to say return to form but um return to a more challenging role i guess you could say and Uh, the kinds of chances that he was taking then but seems to have stopped taking yeah it's true it's true and and quick note i have seen serenity it's bad it's bad but is he bad in it no 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 he's very committed in the movie okay well then there you go He's always committed, I, I would believe, you know, these days. But there's still something to be said for, for choosing the right roles, even if you're going to be good in whatever you're in. Mm-hmm. Still, like, knowing what is and isn't. It's almost having this, like, prescience where you, where you know already if a film's going to be worth your time or not. It's true. You know? It's true. And now, this movie just seemed, it seems like more of an easy decision for him. To just embody this role at this point in his career, especially. And watching this movie, it's kind of a combination for me, as far as the actor is concerned, of what he used to do so effortlessly in the beginning of his career, and like to uh, it kind of molds uh, all the different personas and, and 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 avenues he's went since. It's an interesting it's an interesting role. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, whether there's a lot more to it than just surface level entertainment that's debatable um now he's definitely the reason this movie probably got itself into a semi-wide release Mm -hmm. um because you know it's still a very harmony korean movie yeah and there's other stars Um, in it too there are there are there's names in it like you know snoop dogg for crying out loud snoop dogg jonah hill is very uh as a big draw now yeah he's a draw um, who else is in this movie? Zac Efron's a big name. Yeah, Jimmy Buffett's a People real big name. Themselves like Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, and, he's a big name. Uh, Isla Fisher, she's in there too. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, I don't know if she's a big name, but she is. She's good, and she's good in the movie. Too. She's actually pretty good in this movie. She doesn't get a lot to do, but she is pretty good in this movie. Um, now, uh, I will say, both Noah and I are pretty. Uh, we're not, I wouldn't say apologists for Harmony Korine, but we, we can tolerate his extremities more Yeah, than I think the average person. But um, So we kind of went into this really anticipating this movie. Yeah, big time. Um, 
even even after the bad reviews were starting to come out, I was still like, well, I don't. I'm still going to go see it. I'm just going to now. I have tempered expectations, but I'm still, you know, I'm still very much looking forward to it. I kind of brushed those aside and said, I still mm-hmm. am probably going to enjoy this movie. Uh, I All still right. had a lot of faith here. Let's stop tiptoeing around it. Mm-hmm. What did what did you think? Uh, okay, so when this movie began, I want to say its first fifteen to twenty minutes, I thought I was really going to enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. I was on the movies. I was with the vibe of the movie. Uh, like I am with almost all of his movies. Um, but the path it takes and the journey it takes, or I believe an anti-journey, <laughs> um, I, I, I was taken out of it pretty quickly. Uh didn't really care for where it went because I don't think it went much of anywhere. I know that's kind of the point. Um, it's kind of like some sort of... Um, not, not necessarily a fever dream kind of movie, but um, almost like... You gotta be on something to watch this, movie. Um, and not to watch it, but to in really to really enjoy it. it. Um, and I've not, I've never been that kind of person who's like, boy, really liked that one because I was pretty fucked up while I was watching it. Yeah, I've never, I've never been that type of person. Totally. Um, so I don't know. At some point, I really got taken out of it. Snoop Dogg really distracted me in this movie. Um, I think he just does that. In, almost all the time now because he's continuing to play Snoop Dogg as yeah. Snoop Dogg as Snoop Dogg. He was as. one of my least favorite parts of the movie, and I was kind of surprised by that. Especially because he starts to take on a pretty important role. Mm-hmm. It, it involved, you know, he, he completely is very, like, involved in the re- relationship of Moondog and, you know, his personal relationships. Yeah. He gets really involved there. Um I don't think he can pull it off very well. It just it's kind of distracting. He he. I think he might have the second most screen time, possibly. As the second half of the movie rolls along, he does. Yes, because he's pretty involved in like the last thirty-five, forty yeah. minutes. Um, I kind of wish there was more of some other actors in it. Me too. Um, Me too. Who 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 did you think was the best performance in the film, other than Matthew McConaughey? Um. I, I, a lot of people are kind of saying that Jonah Hill's not very good in it, but I mm-hmm. think he's just having a good time. He's not memorable very No, well. he, he's not he's terrible. Having he's having a good time. He, you can tell he's having a blast playing that character. So. He, he, you can tell it didn't bother he me personally at all. admires Harmony Corinne's work. Mm-hmm. He was so honored to be involved in this movie. Yeah. He's just having fun. Yeah. I can't say anything really great or anything really bad about him in it. No, I don't, but I don't mind him. Yeah. Zach Efron's fun. I think Zach Efron's the best part of the movie. He's well, really the best performance in the movie. Mm-hmm. He, I think he's really good in it. He's I mean, fun. he plays the, a scumbag who's just always blowing huge vape clouds and, mm-hmm. and the panini <laughs> uh, beard and just all of it. Oh, that beard. And he's religious to an extent. It's Which just bizarre. It's yes. a lot of fun. And it he seems fun. really committed to the role. His interactions with McConaughey are pretty fun in the movie. Um, now, I will say... I think some of the things that took me out of it a little bit were the so-called like poetic qualities of the main character and you know his 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 work as a writer. Mm-hmm. They didn't really do much with that. Um, it was fine. It was they okay. didn't really they didn't really do much to explain why he's so lauded uh, of a poet. Like yeah, why you're he's just so beloved. To believe that yeah. yeah. Um, so so uh, the, the the interactions between him and. His wife in the movie, by, played by Fisher, are good to an extent. They just, again, I don't think they go into it enough. Yeah. Um, I, I, overall, I, I actually liked this mm-hmm. for the most part. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever loved it, mm-hmm. but I don't think I ever outright hated it either. I, I, but I liked it for the most part. Um, and I really only have a problem with Snoop Dogg and Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, Buffett's very distracting. And other than them, like... Martin Lawrence is fine. He's yeah. fine in it, but he's, he's again, he's barely in it. This just really feels like a film that they didn't have enough to actually make a feature length out of this, so they really stretched it. It's There's true. not a whole lot that, that actually happens. So they need a lot of montage and, and exposition to fill the rest of the space, because it's only an hour and a half, and it feels like it's too, too full It hours. feels longer. It does. Yeah. And I realize, knowing Corinne's work... I realize that that is how he operates most of the time. You know, there's not a lot going on really ever in his movies. It's half of an idea. It is. It is. But and I still had fun with it, honestly. And I think it's mostly because 
McConaughey's performance is really, really earnest the entire time. He's it giving is. it his all, and he's in pretty much every frame of the movie. He's very so, good in it. After a while, I just found myself having enough fun that I, I didn't, I didn't dislike it. I had a good time with it. I, I can't say that I was either way on it. Really, I, I, this is one of those, another one of those for me where I'm right in the middle on it. <clears throat> two and a half. I'm right in the middle. Two and a half. Two yeah. and a half. I'm yeah. at three. Yeah, I'm yeah. at three on it. All right, because it still looks really good. Like Corinne. No, it does. There's Cor- great colors and uh, the way he films a lot of the dreamier sequences is really nice. Yeah. Um, I just, I guess I was kind of really wanting that extra level of uh, what he does so well of just this, this this unpredictability of will things be extremely dark Yeah, eventually? Because it felt like it was going to go that yeah. way. Yeah. He never, and I was trying to describe this movie to my mother the other day and I was like, he never, she's like, so does he get cleaned up and, and, no. and, 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 and write his book? And I was like, yes and no. I would say he more likes. like no and yes. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it he doesn't make decisions that you want him to make, but like <laughs> that's but like who's the audience to to decide how true. you know what I mean? So I, ultimately, it's it's a cautionary tale, but it I, it's it it's enjoyable because it's not predictable. Also, I wouldn't say don't go see it. I'll I would that. not say don't see this movie. Don't. Uh, I guess it just depends on your level of um, your your uh, feelings toward the director. Yeah, if yeah. if your tolerance for Harmony Korine is high enough, oh yeah, there's plenty there's plenty you'll like at, in this. It, but it, don't but go go in with tempered expectations. I don't it's, think it's not going to be great. Money. I really don't. Yeah, that's what stinks. Is is I would like for it to make a little bit more money. I, I don't want it to be a huge disaster. I don't know. I, I, are you aware of the budget on this movie? No. I've not really looked into that. But no. I hope it at least makes the money back. But, I mean, it's not even made five, $5 million, so... I know. I mean, and the, and the ad campaigns are probably cost more than that. Yeah, because they did a lot of marketing for it. They really did. Ten times as much as any other movie in the director's past. But, I, I don't know, overall, it's... It, it, compared to what's out right now... Go see this. Movie. Yeah, it's still worth seeing if it, if you can still even find it. <laughs> That's true. Uh, okay. Well, moving on with the show, it's essentially time for our Netflix corner. Brie Larson's directorial debut is here, and she seems to have had so much fun working with Samuel L. Jackson on Captain Marvel that she cast him in her newest film. We're taking a trip to the Unicorn Store. Unicorn Store. So, the Unicorn Store. Yeah, what'd you think of the Unicorn Store? Nice little new Netflix entry. Um, this is, you know, people always talk all the time about, um, this is this is a Netflix film. Like, this is mm-hmm. what Netflix makes films for, films like this, you know? And this really does fit that bill. Like, this is the perfect, you're not, this isn't going to go to theaters. But it makes a ton of sense on Netflix. It does, and it gives someone like Brie Larson an opportunity to, to expand her creativity and give her a singular vision for what she wants to do at the time. And, yeah. and she's earned that. You know, clearly, we've talked about her, her before on here yeah. already. And, um, you know, she's at a point where she should be able to make any decision she wants to make. And this is a pretty significant one for her. Yeah, I, I almost feel like the, the whole, like, Greta Gerwig directing Lady Bird has kind of opened the door for these other uh, actresses who want to to direct and have ideas and, and aspire to, to be more than just an actor. Um, like Olivia Wilde, who's got Booksmart coming yeah, out later yeah. on, and Brie Larson now doing this. To be able to, you know, there's there's a roadmap now as to how you can get out there and do your own do your own movie, um, and I I had a lot of fun with this movie. I think it's really funny. I I was laughing pretty consistently through it, but it's charming, and her performance is really solid. I, I mean, she's really good in this movie. Honestly, her performance is what kept me going. In yeah, this movie. Um... She's, well, she's, I've always been a fan. Yeah. She's so infectious. Her energy is great. Yeah. Uh, and she clearly, this is a passion project for her. She, she's writing this thing completely to the end. And she, she's at the forefront of every single moment of this movie, not only in front of, behind the camera, of course. And, and, and she seems to be having a lot of fun, even if, I'll admit, this kind of felt like 
with Samuel L. Jackson, there was a kind of <laughs> a thing where I'm like, did they just film this in their off days on Captain Marvel? Yeah, yeah. What's going on here? He seems a little bit bored in this movie. He seems yeah, but he does have a couple of scenes that he's at, that he he's like, all right, just so you know, I I can pull this out whenever I want to. I can I can I can bring bring the goods whenever I want. I can hit that upper nineties fastball. When I need to, and he gets to rock a you know killer wardrobe in this movie. Yeah, he too. looks terrific. He looks terrific. <laughs> I think one of the things that I thought was most fun about the movie was just how whimsical it is. In many ways, it reminded me of the same. Like I feel like it would exist in the same universe as Lars and the Real Girl does. Mm, you know right. what I mean? Like these two universes probably are, exist to adjacent to one another see i realized that that's what they're going for in this Mm -hmm. movie i just was never on this its page Mm -hmm. i knew what they were going for but i felt like the screenplay was kind of meandering for me a little bit sure it's not perfect uh, the writing overly trying to be witty at times in the office sequences with hamish linklater the boss who's channeling 1987 tom hanks in this movie (laughs) trying to at least Um, (laughs) i don't know what it was i just felt like I, I found myself rolling my eyes a lot during this movie. I Did have, you really? I have to say, unfortunately. Um, w- yeah. w- what about Bradley Whitford and Joan Cusack? I know you're... Not a... used well enough for me. Oh, really? See, I liked them. Uh, they don't get a, the a, enough to do, but... There. Yeah. They were just kind of there. But even they, much like Samuel L. Jackson, have a couple of scenes that are pretty... Where both of them are like, all right, let's flex the acting chops. They're fun actors. They always will be, always always have been. I just couldn't get into their their characters for whatever reason. Um, Yeah, well, and and then the, what about um, the guy that plays Kevin is... That that was a fun little thing, just dumping all over Kevin throughout the whole movie. But uh, oh, the right, the yes, guy yes. that plays Virgil, her uh, oh, yes. her co star, um, he's got a difficult name for someone as boring as me to to pronounce. <laughs> um, but because uh, uh, I looked it up on IMDb last night, he's he's only been in a couple of things, but the stuff he's done was relatively big. I like this actor. I think he's good in this movie. Again, though, I think that the, the character is written in a way that I just couldn't. I don't know what it was. It just felt like their relationship was like, okay, well, let's run with it real quick here. And now all of a sudden, whoa, it's escalated. I know the movie's whimsical. And yeah. It's supposed to be this fantasy, technically. But... I mean, it's about a unicorn, Andy. Of course it's whimsical. I know, but <laughs> I'm finding... I found little to like other than Brie Larson herself in this Darn movie. it. I Darn it. It sounds did. like we're way off we are, with we each are. other on this then. Yeah, it happens. Because I think I went... I'm tempted to go the full way and give it all four stars. Wow. Wow. Uh, it's at least three and a half for me. I thought I, I'm I'm willing to give her the extra four just because I think it's really genuinely funny throughout and I'd like her directing. Like she directed really? it pretty well for the most part. It's not perfect. But for a first time, I've seen I've seen people who are considered respected directors do worse on their first go. No, it's admirable. The, the way it's made is just fine. I, I don't have anything glaring kind of negative to say about that. It was more the writing for you then. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like the writing was detached from... It's clearly not Larson's voice to me. Um, True. It's not. It's not. It was written by um, someone else. Um, their name escapes me now. But um, it just feels like a different... Kind of the script with the material and the way her vision is just didn't mesh well for me yeah um what'd you give it i i'm a two on this whoa i'm a two i'm a two ouch you like the beach bum better than this (laughs) i guess i guess wow uh man i I don't know what it was i don't know what it was about it i never clicked with me i tried and i tried and i tried all right well (laughs) on that note we're gonna take a break (laughs) but when we come back We have a pick six for you, and it's uh, spring-themed, so stick around. Alright, welcome back, you goofballs. Spring has finally sprung. There's dew on the ground in the morning. Those flowers that only live for a week or two have begun popping out. And it appears I have to start mowing my lawn again. 
So for our pick six segment, we're going to break down our lists of the six movies we're most excited to see this spring. We've poured over the upcoming release schedule, watched all the trailers from junk we don't even care about, like Drunk Parents with Alec Baldwin and Salma Hayek, and we've compiled the must-see films coming within the next two months. So, Andy, what do you have? Let's just jump right in. What's number six on your list of the uh, the films you're excited to see this spring? Number six. Um, are there six superhero movies coming out this spring? I oh, hope so. Because... Close. Okay. Close. All you're right. going to have to find two more slots Damn it. to fill. Damn it. All right. We'll find... I'll put those together real quick. Number six for me is The Souvenir. The Souvenir. That's a... I'm, uh, I'm impressed. Because that almost made my list, and I wasn't sure if it would make yours. And uh, here we are. Well, for one, the souvenir is stars Tilda Swinton in a co-starring role. What intrigues me most about it is that the the, the main role in the movie is played by her daughter, Honor Swinton Byrne. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I love Tilda Swinton so much, and I consider her one of the ten greatest actresses of the last whatever two decades. I would have to believe that if Tilda Swinton's involved in this movie where her daughter is the main actress, that this isn't going to be something to see. Yeah. So I have to include it. Yeah, and it looks like one of those prestige films that usually comes out in the fall, but we're yeah. getting it early. So we'll see. that's exciting, you yeah. know, because it, it's the doldrums still for a little while the spring is. Yeah, it is. You know? It is. Unless you're an Avengers head. <laughs> yeah, which is fine. Those people will have their place as well. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited for that, and I couldn't yeah, get me off too. the list. Yeah, it looks, it looks really good. What's your number six? Looks good. My number six is uh, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. Oh, okay. Um, Terry Gilliam's famously been working on this film for quite a while. Decades. Uh, it's Adam Driver. Jonathan Price plays Don Quixote. Uh, Stalin Skarsgård is in it. Mm. Um, it's got a pretty pretty good-looking cast, and um, I'm just you know excited to see the Don Quixote uh, story brought to to film in some way or or another you know Terry Gilliam yeah this has been a passion project yes for quite a while and and this continues the Adam Driver works with every important director in the world yeah yeah quest he's especially directors who were important in the 90s or 80s just anyone yeah I mean let's count it real quick Terry Gilliam Spike Lee Martin Scorsese Jim Jarmusch Jim Jarmusch yeah that's incredible yeah. for such a young actor. Yeah. And he's worked with most of them multiple times. Yeah, true. Which also shows you that like um both he likes the actor the the directors that he works with mm-hmm. enough that he wants to keep working with them and like they're actor directors, you know. And that he's seems to be so uh delightful to work with that Apparently. directors just keep wanting to cast him. Apparently. You know. All right. We'll see how diverse he, he continues to be. I'm not sold on his diversity yet. I do like the guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll find out as the years go on. Indiana native. I still so. forget that. Always. Yeah, he's, he's from Indiana. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yes, sir. Uh, okay, number five on your list. Number five for me is something I added today because we watched a few trailers earlier today together Yeah. to kind of get a grasp on the spring. And uh, I was kind of blown away by the, the prospect of this idea, and the trailer looked promising. Uh, Aniara, Swedish yeah. science fiction movie where yeah. uh, uh, um, uh, a trip to Mars for this... Apparently, Earth is decimated, and a big group of people are on their way to kind of start life on Mars, and something goes wrong on the way there. Their their ship gets off course, and they can't steer it any longer, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they don't know, you know. It's an interesting idea for things to go in many different directions, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, I, when we watched that trailer, I thought really hard about putting it on this list, because it looks, looks, impressive. looks really interesting. Looks really interesting. Science fiction this spring seems strong, yeah, which right? is cool. Which yeah. is cool. You know, we're not necessarily horror lovers per se, mm. but uh, but science I want fiction. To be. I want but to... science fiction. Mm. That's something. That, that's something else. Especially mm. when um, it's done in a fun way. Yes, and this looks like a blast. So. It does. It looks fun. So I had to include it. Uh, yeah, and it looks like it's really well directed too. It does lots of cool. It does I need to research set pieces more of who's involved in this yeah. movie? Yeah. Awesome. What's number five for you? Number five for me is, um, speaking of Jim Jaramusch, it's The Dead Won't Die. Some Adam Driver um, here. <laughs> which, you know, I just said that we're not horror f- fans, and I especially f- at this point find the zombie thing just tiresome. But if you're going to do it, mm-hmm. 
this is this is a guy I would trust with it. Oh yeah. And this is a cast that looks like mm-hmm. this thing is gonna be so much fun. So much fun. Looks so promising. <laughs> it's it we're talking Adam Driver, Bill Murray, Chloe Sevigny, Tilda Swinton, mm-hmm. uh, Selena Gomez, <laughs> uh, Iggy Pop, Carol Kane, um, Tom Waits, t- Steve Buscemi. This is Danny all, Glover. All people who have worked with um, Jarmusch before, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, talk about a director who people, actors love, love working, working with, with him yes. and have for for decades. And I, I believe Jizza or Rizza. I think Rizza. Rizza is in it. Okay. Rizza is in it too. Yeah. This looks like so much fun. Again, a tired genre. Yeah. A but, tired premise, but in the hands of Jim Jarmusch, I believe in this. And uh, the Tilda Swinton playing this like. Scots Scottish woman who's <laughs> skilled in in the art of Japanese samurai sword play. Incredible. This very confident about her ability to defend herself. There's a baseball yeah. reference in the trailer that's fun too. That at the very end. Um, yes, I, yes. It looks like the rapport between Driver and Murray is going to be looks really great. good. Looks great. This just looks like a lot of fun. It looks like so much fun, and yeah. let's be honest, Bill Murray needs a, a better role here now. Yeah. Recently, he's not had anything much to work with. Yeah. Other than voicing something for Wes Anderson. But True. Yeah, yeah. True. <laughs> that looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. Sure. What's up next for you? Uh, coincidentally, The Dead Don't Die. Is your number four as well. number four. Anything you want to add? Um, <laughs> I guess the only thing I would add is um, I'm really excited to see him go full comedy. He hasn't done that lately. Yeah, that's that's right. You know? I mean, he's made some great movies lately. Patterson, which you really need to see. Yeah, I'm I know still dying how much to see you it. Love only lovers left. Yeah, I thought that was great. It's a great movie, and that's funny too. It can be funny, but this looks like a this is full like screwball full comedy. comedy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't think he's done that really since Coffee exactly. and Cigarettes. You know, no. nothing like just I just want to have a lot of fun here. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. The, and it almost seems like it's it's almost like the Soderbergh parallel for when Soderbergh makes a film like Logan Lucky. You know what kind I mean? Of, I agree. Where with he's that. just yeah. like, I'm going to have a blast with actors that I like, and mm-hmm. there you go, Adam Driver again. Oh, yeah. He's also worked with Steven Soderbergh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Amazing. Um, my number four is um, Longshot. Oh, yeah. The new yes. Charlize Theron, Seth Rogen vehicle. Jonathan Levine movie. Yeah, directed by Jonathan Levine of 5050. Mm-hmm. So um, it just looks like, again, honestly, the most of the movies on my spring list are... Um, fun movies that I think they just look fun, and that's why I'm really looking forward to it. The long shot looks so fun, and we're going to see that opening weekend. Yes, we are. We are, and we will talk about it on this show Mm -hmm. very shortly. Um, It it just looks like too much fun. I've seen the trailer three or four times now. Um, We both love both of those actors, mm -hmm, too. mm -hmm. And and I don't dislike Ice Cube's son, O'Shea. He's fine. He's good. He's kind of, and he's in it, too, and he's kind of interesting, like... Um, I'm looking forward to seeing more of him and, and sure. developing more of an opinion on him because because I've not seen enough with him yet. To... We know Seth Rogen works well with Jonathan Levine because mm-hmm. he's also done The Night Before with him as well. Yeah. Um, That's you, right. We saw that in the theater, night, too. Night Before doesn't work 100%. But it's no, but fine. we had fun. We saw that together in the theater. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. It's fun. Yeah. And it looks like a really fun role for Charlize Theron, too. Oh, yeah. It does. She's going to spread her wing, wings and fly. And I, I don't don't remember. It might have been Gerson and Leach that mentioned that you know when she was talking about making this film, um, she said uh, you know I don't want to, I, I didn't want it to just be a I didn't want to just be in a Seth Rogen movie. And she sure. said this at a Q and A, and Seth was like sitting right next to her, you know, and he laughed too because you know this you know she wanted to to still make her own mark on this thing, and and um, it, it it seems like just from the trailer and, and the early reviews oh, of yeah. it. Seem like she's done exactly that. While it's still maintaining this, it's still a Seth Rogen movie because it has yeah. a lot of that's the the gross out humor and stuff like that. But I think in the end, what you're going to remember most is how she handles this role. Yeah, you can just tell. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, me too. Coming out in no less than what three weeks. Yeah, three yeah. four weeks tops. Yeah. yeah, looks so much. Fun. So we're uh, at the top half of the list now. What's number three for you? Another movie I've recently become aware of. I was blown away by this trailer. Um, and coupling that with my uh, extreme confidence in A24, um, I have to go with The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. It looks beautiful. Doesn't it? Um, you know, the, the trailer's put together so well, but apart from that, 
the cinematography and the colors look amazing. Yeah, I, I almost wonder. Yeah, it, those things. It, it it almost makes you wonder why it's coming out in the spring and not you know in October because it looks like the kind of movie that the A twenty four could really push hard for. And they still might some some nominations. And they still might. They still might. That's become a different trend lately. I, I you know like um, movies like Get Out and Black Panther have come out very early in the year and still held their staying power yeah yeah you know yeah and even us is probably going to be around in a few months too. exactly people are going to exactly. talk about that in certain categories i think lapita get back to that movie just for a second is going to be recognized yeah i wouldn't be surprised if if you know we're talking about the last black man in san francisco again come christmas time you know, for things like you said, like score, like Let's cinematography, see. maybe even one of the performances, maybe some of the writing. Um, We're going to talk about that movie on this show this spring. Too. Yes, that's that Guaranteed. is for sure. Guaranteed. We'll talk about it here in a couple, couple in a few Probably, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, um, number three on my list is um, Olivia Wilde's directorial debut, uh, Booksmart. Yes, um, it's got uh, one of the girls that was in the show Justified that my girlfriend likes a whole lot. Um, she's one of the leads, and then Jonah Hill's sister is, Feldstein. is yeah. the other lead as well. Mm-hmm. And this looks like super bad, but with uh, with girls, and um, it looks like it's probably better than super bad. Honestly, there are a lot of problems with super bad. You, you yeah, just be honest. It doesn't hold up very well. This looks like it will hold up a lot better. We'll see. Um, I, that's why I'm really excited for this. It looks really it looks funny. Fun. It looks like it's poignant. And the trailer shows you enough stuff that makes it look like it gets fantastical at times. They're like claymation in one mm-hmm, of the scenes in mm-hmm, the in the trailer. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some like some wild dream sequences. This looks like it's gonna it's gonna be all over the place. It looks pretty fun. It yeah. does look pretty fun. Um, it, it's funny because I have that at my number two. That's your number two. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. That's your next so one. That's my next one. So let's just elaborate more on that yeah um, and my next one is last black man in san francisco okay it's my perfect. number two so let's just wrap on those so we were just we were just switched on these mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. so yeah. book smart looks so much fun to me but apart from that it looks like so confidently made for someone who's never officially directed something yeah yeah um, especially like like i was saying where she's doing dream sequences she has an animated like claymation scene and she was talking in at a q a recently i think it was it premiered at, at uh, south by yeah. And got rave reviews out of South That's what by. I hear. That's what I hear. So, um, and, and she was talking about how she really wanted to swing for the fences and do some, 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 try some stuff, some real stylistic stuff in, uh, in several scenes of the movie. And the, the studio was just all in. They were just like, do, do it. If it costs a little extra, let's, let's make it happen. If it takes a little longer shoot time, let's make it happen. Awesome. Like they give her a lot of freedom to That's, really be as ambitious as she wanted to. big, especially for a first time director. Yeah. Although she's been around a long time and has worked with a lot of people. She's probably gathered a lot of knowledge. From Lots of knowledge. And this is the same conversation we were just having about Brie Larson as well. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I was talking to somebody yesterday about how like, you know, there's a lot of, um, I don't, maybe they're Marvel fanboys. Who knows? That have been that were all up in arms that Brie Larson was directing was directing a movie, and that Olivia Wilde's you know got and those same guys probably have the same problem with Olivia Wilde. These actresses who have been around for a while have been around a lot of great directors and are now wanting to be more ambitious. And um, and you know if it was just some guy, if this was Adam Driver doing this, (laughs) those guys wouldn't say anything. Of course, you know what I mean. But because it's because it's a woman, they Uh they have an axe to grind. But I, I'm really excited for what uh, this will mean for Olivia Wilde's career going forward. It, it might even impact the acting roles that she chooses. She might start to get more choosy and pick only the better roles so that she has more time to focus on also directing I think it'll well. be a big step. I think it's going to be such a big step. I'll predict that it's going to be a very similar path that Greta Gerwig is now on. You think so? I really do. That's cool. That'd be really cool for her. Beanie Feldstein is also in Lady Bird. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. She's her best friend in Ladybird. And uh, I think she's about to blow up. Yeah. I really do. I think she's hugely talented. Yeah. She's great. Well, my number two is Last Black Man in San Francisco. Yeah. And we pretty much exhausted everything I wanted to say about that, too. you saw too. this trailer before I... Yeah, I saw this trailer uh, uh, earlier in the week. And it just... Man, and they say... There's a lots of high praise, obviously, in the, the little snippets that they use from, the, from critics' uh, reviews of it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's some big, big high praise that really makes you think that it might be on the Oscar radar. Possibly. You know, despite its early spring release. You it know? looks tremendous. It just really looks really good. Um, the performances look good. The, the It takes a serious subject like gentrification and is is trying to put a little bit of whimsy to it, but still stay rooted in, in, in like this... Um, and some real righteousness behind the message of the film as well. I, I, it made me think of, weirdly enough, I recently watched Barry Jenkins' first film, Medicine for Melancholy. Is it kind of it's remind very, you of this? It's, it's, very, it's very about, uh, looks to be about similar issues mm-hmm. in San Francisco and the gentrification and all that. It made me think of that movie, which, go check it out. Yeah. Um, it's easy to find um, on the streaming services. Uh, I believe it's on Prime, but... Man, it's a quick watch, and it shows all the promise, and takes a simple idea and just runs with it with two people in the movie. Yeah. Totally, that sounds a lot like this. Then it, it, it's really well done, and it makes yeah. me even more excited for this movie. Yeah, yeah, this thing looks great. Oddly enough, the the filmmakers, um, if if they were going to compare it to something, they they uh, they said they Napoleon Dynamite was a was a big really? influence on them when they were wow. when they were deciding to make this just the and much like Unicorn Store kind of like the whimsy behind it as well mm-hmm. there seems to be a little bit of whimsicalness to it maybe not as much as Unicorn Store or Napoleon Dynamite those are both pretty whimsical. but like if you're gonna if you're gonna bring whimsy to a serious subject like this. Um, it seems like they might have hit that right sweet spot. So. Let's hope they did. I can't wait to talk about it soon. I'm really wondering if our number ones are exactly the same. Our number ones are very close to being the same, I think. Well, what's your number one? My number one is uh, Ad Astra uh, from James Gray. They're not the same, but they're similar they, movies. They sound very similar. Uh-huh. Um, I think I know what your number one is as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, th- this movie has long been... Um, in the works it's not even a trailer out for you no. we've looked ad nauseum to and try and find one and we can't find it towards the end of may we're talking about a month and a half from now yeah but uh brad pitt has famously always tried to work with james gray the director and it's just never happened scheduling issues mm-hmm. yeah he was supposed to work on the lost city of z the director's previous movie and they got charlie hunnam instead yeah great right yeah. <laughs> a hunky blonde but no yeah. not but the not the talent. not the hunky blonde that we love <laughs> Not the one we like. Brad Pitt still served as a direct, uh, a producer on that movie. Okay. And stayed in contact, close contact with James Gray for a long time. And now it's finally happening. Yeah. And I would imagine that Ad Astra, which is a... What's our premise for Ad Astra? I haven't seen the trailer, so I don't exactly know what the premise is. Uh, Ad Astra is kind of like... It's science fiction, of course. Mm-hmm. But it's, it, it's almost a... Um, uh, it, it exists uh, on a mission into space of some sort, and th- like like most in the genre, there's complications that arise. Mm, I see. Everything's very mysterious as far as... I mean, there's not even a trailer, as we just said. I think they're keeping things really under wraps yeah. here. The only reason I didn't put this on my list is because I haven't seen a trailer sure. for it, so... And I was just like, I nope. put it so highly on mine is because I've been because you haven't seen fan. a trailer for it. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm such a big James Gray fan. Yeah. I've always loved his his use of colors in his movies. Yeah, his 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 he, time between movies and his care for his characters is very deliberate. Yeah, I I I'm one of those people who even love some of his movies that no one seems to care about, like Two Lovers. And uh, I still have your copy of Two Lovers. I need to give it back to you. I need to watch it and then give it back watch to you. It. Yeah, yeah. I love Walking Phoenix. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. Have you seen We Own the Night? No, I, I, and I don't How have your copy James of Gray it. Have you seen? I've seen The Lost City of Z, my man. It's... <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited. Um, outside of Brad Pitt, I know there's a few other pretty prominent names in it. Um, so we'll see if it actually comes out. It may not exist. Yeah, it may not actually be a thing. <laughs> Who yeah. knows? Who yeah. knows? My number one is Claire Denise High Life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I watched the trailer. Uh, it was my number two. And Last Black Man in San Francisco was my number one. I watched the trailer again last night for High oh. Life. And it was a tr- new new trailer that I hadn't seen before. Mm. Um, and uh, woof, it looks even better than I recall. Like, it looks looks crazy crazy good and this thing's close to releasing we're talking like next episode yeah we are going to review this on our next episode so i'm i'm uh, the 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 anticipation in the room is palpable i'm a big i think we both are now we're sold on robert pattinson i am after after good time 
I, I'm totally sold. Even The Lost City of Z. And yeah, he's even, good in that, uh, too. Cosmopolis. And just some movies that he's just branching out mm-hmm. like you never thought he would. Yep. Very similar to Kristen Stewart, his Twilight co-star. Yeah. I mean, they're both five to seven years ago, I never would have guessed. Never would have guessed. No. And here they are just really, really like, it. G- doing great, great work. And not doing any bad work, either. Like, you don't see them taking poor roles. Nothing. Nope. Which is amazing because even great actors do that. Exactly. Brad Pitt does it off, more often than I like. That's true. So, um, yeah, yeah it, I'm just super excited for this movie. Julia Pinoche is in the cast. Andre 3000 is in the cast. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's several people that, are, that look like they have some really good performances. It looks great and just missed my list. Yeah. Just missed it. Yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked for this. So the spring looks better than I thought it would. It doesn't look great, but those movies all sound. Yes, it doesn't. It's not. It's it's not looking like an amazing spring, but there's enough like these movies that we've just done 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 listed um, to keep you uh, keep you entertained, to keep you engaged in the in the spring cinema cycle. So, Um, well, now we've come to my favorite part of the show: the throwback challenge. So for the uninitiated, the throwback challenge is where we force one another to watch a classic or notoriously underwatched film that each one of us has missed throughout the years. Neither of us know the film that the others selected for each other beforehand, and then we discuss them on the next episode. However, the passing of French filmmaking legend Agnes Varda this week has made us switch things up a bit. So to honor her, we're pushing last week's throwbacks to next week's episode, and we each chose a different Agnes Varda film we'd never seen before. Noah went with 1962's Cleo from 5 to 7, and I chose 1985's Vagabond. So uh, let's start with you, Andy, and we'll kick things off with Vagabond. This one looked really interesting, um, looked really heavy. Um, how how was, your, was your visit with it? So for the... Um, as far as... I'll say this first. I... Experience with Varda is not extensive yet, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Her passing has made me realize that, Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. Sometimes that's what it takes, yeah. unfortunately. But I yeah. really need to dive in, and especially after seeing this movie. This movie is... It combines her love of documentary filmmaking with her narrative fictional filmmaking perfectly. Um, and... The central performance in this movie is so raw that it's hard to stop. You can't take your eyes off this movie. It's, mm. That's kind of a cliche, but it's true. Um, wow, this movie is the, one of the best movies I've seen in a while. Really? Yeah. It's that good, huh? It's really, really good. So this movie, it's so old now that I don't have to worry about plot points being... Yeah, go ahead. And, and, and even in the synopsis of the film uh, online, you know, they, they tell you automatically that the movie starts out right away where you, uh, you find a dead body frozen mm-hmm. in the ground. And it's not a mysterious dead body. It tells you that this dead body is the main character of this movie and now we're going to spend the rest of this movie reliving her final weeks. As she's just walking through the, the, the countryside of France from one... Mm-hmm destination to the other yeah she 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 interacts with dozens of people in this movie none of them really truly know her ever or or really spend enough time with her to really know her as a person Mm -hmm. and vice versa um and she's 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 not simply homeless to survive and, and, and like uh desperate to survive desperate to find food I don't even think she cares much about food and nourishment. Sometimes she chooses things like um, three cigarettes over a meal or um, sex with a stranger uh, as as a way of being fulfilled mm-hmm. and moving on. Um, it, it, it's a fascinating, volatile movie to watch. Really? Yeah. It's And the way that Varda observes this character, sometimes really long tracking shots of just her walking across countrysides, or sitting in diners, sleeping on park benches, or train station benches, um, or being taken in by people she's known in the past, like like a, like a long-lost family member who owns a goat farm who she spent some time with, and that person tries to um, tell her what she's doing and how she's living her life is not the right way to go about things, um, how she brushes it off and just continues to live her lifestyle. It's... it's um. 
it's it's something to watch wow uh, yeah i was really uh interested in, in watching it um i'm glad you sent it to me because i'm still gonna watch it uh probably this week uh, just because it 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 was the the Varda film I was most interested in when I when she finally passed and I was looking at her filmography and kind of going through everything, you know. So and and and, it, and the reason I was gravitating towards it the most was because um, that that central performance was supposed to be so powerful it that uh, that I I didn't want to miss it. So I'm I'm gonna definitely catch it this week. She's she's really electric in this movie. Wow. Um, it, it, it's pretty brilliant. Uh, I, I'm not sure what the actress has gone on to do since then. She's probably still not very... I mean, she's probably in her mid-40s to 50s now. 35 years ago. Yeah. Um, and this actress, I would imagine, if you kind of look her up and see what she's been doing, hopefully she's still performing because she is really something in this movie. Wow. Uh, and this is probably, I would say, my fourth Varda movie. So I'm not really... really I've seen this, I've seen the movie you're about to talk about, and I've seen The Beaches of Agnes and Kung Fu Master, which I watched. <laughs> um, and the controversial Kung Fu Master. Yeah, yeah. I'm fascinated by this by this artist. Yeah. Well, uh, see, for me, I had never seen any of mm. Agnes Varda's films. So when we decided to do this list, I immediately looked at like what her best films were and then like if you're if you want to become uh, an appreciator of her work where to start and um you know there was some helpful articles that told you like this one's really really good but i wouldn't start with it um you know this this one's uh really powerful um you could you could try this um and the one that most people kept settling on which was this is probably her her most accessible the best intro to varda would be cleo from five to seven so that's choice, where think, that's where I'm going, and you've seen it before. That's where as well. I started. It was your your beginning point as well. Okay, it, it's it's typically what I've seen. The 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 the, um, the advice is yes, start here. Mm-hmm. I'm glad short. this is where I started. I feel like it sounds like if I had started with Vagabond, I might even have been scared off a little bit. You know, because mm-hmm, it seems like it's so intense. Because um, Cleo from five to seven is kind of fun, honestly. Sure, sure. Um, so. Uh, Cleo is a pop singer in Paris in the 60s. The film is from 1962. And um, she's she opens um, at a tarot card reading where this woman is telling her that, you know, she sees death in her future and, and illness. And, and she's, already, um, she's already waiting for test results from the doctor about something she believes is probably cancer. Um, so you already have this, like, this doom aspect looming over the film from the very beginning um and then from there it's kind of lighthearted and and kind of fun um she's going about her day meets up with her assistant meets up with her band members for for a rehearsal um she meets a man in a park and uh they go on an adventure together and all all while she's waiting um for the end of the day so that she can call and find out results of her of her biopsy or whatever it was Mm -hmm. her her test results and um central performance in this film as well um is really lovely um she's she's fun she's funny she's um she takes herself way too seriously at times (laughs) and sometimes not enough um and these people just come into her into her life and into her world throughout this two-hour period of time um and uh, it's just, it's a really, really interesting movie. And it gives you a really um, cool look at Paris in the 60s, in the early 60s, what it was like there. The, the, some of these shots are really, really gorgeous. She's tremendous. There's shots outside of the storefronts. Um, and even like, there's a scene where she's shopping for a hat inside, you know, Paris uh, hat store. And she's... The, the, she's going from hat to hat trying them on and the camera moves outside and so you hear you you stop hearing the conversation that's going on inside and you hear um the city scapes on the outside and it's going it's shot through the glass um as as she keeps walking through and picking up different hats and it does that for a while where all you hear is the city and then it go until it gets to the front door and then it goes in through the front door and back into the store where you pick up the conversation that she was having. S- scenes like that. There's so many scenes inside of taxi cabs where they're having 
conversations and you're just watching the back of the driver's head drive through Paris in the 60s and navigating these kind of hazardous roads um, with very little stoplights, you know, and they're having these existential conversations or just what seemingly mundane conversations about their daily lives. And it's really interesting. This feels like a kindred spirit to kind of before the the before series, you know, right? Um, right. Linklater's before movies, and and it's 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 very much just a, a walk and talk kind of flick. But and it's it's a lot of fun. It's and, a lot of fun. And it's really impressive directing. Movies. Uh, she made that wow a long time ago. She would be in her early twenties at that time. Yeah, and it's still. I haven't seen it in a decade or so, but I feel like it still would feel. Very modern, almost. It does. It does. If it weren't in black and white and obviously showing you Paris of the 60s, it would feel very modern because the shot selections are modern-looking shot selections. Amazing. The editing is is interesting. Um, it's It seems like a really modern feel to the movie. That group of people... Uh, over there at that time. Over there in that really. in that Fran- France country. In that France, those 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 artists, including her, were really way ahead of their time. Obviously, way ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she was amazing, and we need to make it a point to uh, really understand and and be well more versed in her stuff. Now. Yeah, I think next I want to see vagabond and then faces places to really get a more of an understanding of of her herself as an artist i, I think so too you know? i still have yet to see that as well yeah neither of us have seen it maybe we can have a dual f- throwback sometime pretty soon here that'd be fun we both watch that let's do know? that yeah. yeah let's do it that was a rewarding experience though yeah um, me too unfortunately and, you know i had to take her passing to do it but hey, yeah. better late than never and and i would hope that our listeners that uh, you'll go ahead and, and, and seek out some Maybe not even the one, the two films that we discussed here. There's obviously there's others, um, the Beaches of Agnes, Faces Places, um, so many the Happiness. Um, you know, there's there's other ones. Go ahead and seek them out now that now that you know she's her 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 star is shining bright. Yeah, I, I, I think now I've noticed that if you just go on whatever streaming service you use and type her name in, you'll uh, find something. Now they're really putting a lot of her stuff yeah, out there. That makes so, sense. So go search her name. That makes sense. All right, well, that's our show for today. Remember to subscribe to the Film Harmonic on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review and a generous rating if you're so inclined. Um, subscribe uh, also on Spotify, Stitcher, Buzzsprout, SoundCloud, Amazon Alexa, and Google Play. Send us your suggestions for the throwback challenge to the filmharmonic at gmail.com. Join us on the next episode when we will discuss Claire Denis' new sci-fi mindfuck, High Life. Uh, we'll have five good questions in which I will ask Andy about the new Alex Ross Perry punk rock movie, Her Smell, starring Elizabeth Moss. And he'll interrogate me about the new animated kids flick, Missing Link, from the makers of Kubo and the Two Strings. Plus, we'll have our throwbacks from the last episode that got pushed back, where I will be watching the acclaimed food documentary Jiro Dreams of Sushi, and Andy is charged with the Korean serial killer procedural I Saw the Devil. And now, Andy's closing remarks. Closing remarks this week, uh, you know, baseball's not going to happen. I just choose not to talk about it. Let's just not talk about baseball. Our teams are not worthy of discussing. Our right teams now. are both sub five hundred at the not moment. Not great. Not yeah. great. Instead, I will beg and plead for Noah to finally get back on Letterboxd. All right. All right. I'm get going back to do it. On there. I'm so I'm so far there. behind. I have like thirty movies. The I have community to review. misses you. All right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I will make it a point this week to catch up on some of my most recent get reviews. Um, I recently watched Red Eye. The wow. Clive Barker film. Um, so I have some hot takes on that. Wait a minute, you rewatched yeah. Red Eye? I, no, no, no. Oh, I just watched it. I'd never seen it. it. Okay. I watched it for the first time. Okay. All right. um, so I, I have some, I have some <laughs> fun little gems like that that I need to, I need to toss into the letterboxed ocean. And let, you really need to let them, let them gobble it up. So I'll, be, I will be back, you guys. I promise. Good. Good. All right. Hey, thank you so much for joining us, you guys. And um, uh, if if that's a if that's it, I suppose we will see you next time on the Film Harmonic. See you soon.
Daniel 